welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and today we welcome Lois Prinz back to the show. She is a certified clinical hypnotherapist and a hypnotism trainer with over 30 years experience treating chronic pain patients with hypnotherapy. Welcome. Thank you, Tom. And Lois, welcome back. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed our first um, interview. And Lois is a certified hypnotherapist and hypnotism trainer, has over three decades dedicated to working with clients experiencing chronic pain, which is low and unusual for the hypnotherapy world. She has created a 15-hour digital training entitled thinkpainaway.net, which is about to be approved by the, uh, the National Nursing Association for Continuing Education Accreditation. She produced 25 hypnosis CDs and co-authored the Heart of Hypnosis and Deep Healing Workbook with Dr. Emmett Miller. And she's the only hypnotist holding certification in nutritional pain management. So let's welcome back. And on the first podcast, we talked a little bit about how you got into um, hypnotherapy. You've been doing this for a long time. You used to work with smoking and weight loss were the two things you worked with before, mostly. And you started chronic pain, what, about 17 years ago? Did I hear that correctly or was that? Well, actually, um, it was 1987 when I first had a curiosity in chronic pain and did not really act on that other than learning as much as I could until um, I opened a school in, my, in 2001. And that's when I realized that, yes, I'm, I'm going to make sure my students know how to do a smoking cessation program, but I also want them to be aware of the potential that comes with hypnotherapy and uh, long-term chronic management of, of pain. And uh, little by little, I just became more and more interested. I've had opportunities to work in hospitals on uh, with um, cancer patients who get their initial chemo push in the hospital. So, you know, it's a real serious time uh, with people that are in nursing homes and have pick line pain of, of uh, scale of zero to 10, uh, 12. <laughs> and right. by the time, you know, we're, we're done with just that, like you said, calming the nervous system and uh, seeing the blood pressure drop and the respiration and heart rate drop, when when you see that, uh, it, it's just really really encouraging because uh, in a nursing home, for example, David, they they can't really administer a lot of drugs to these people. They're right. kind of on their own in those rehab hospitals, many of them. So uh, this, you know, I have seen hypnosis work firsthand in medical applications as well as in my private practice. So I'm trying to keep my cynicism about the medical profession to a minimum today, but right now I'm I'm not very happy with my <laughs> I'm not very happy with the medical profession right now. And the bottom line with healing chronic pain is creating safety, trust. You calm down the nervous system, and as you calm down the nervous system, you just feel less pain. And remember, pain is an output; it's not an input. In other words, your body takes all the sensory input in. And then you hit a threshold that says, okay, this is painful and dangerous. And a signal is sent out that's unpleasant that forces you to take survival action. So pain is the result of all this input. When your brain is sensitized, your this input is being magnified and you do feel the pain a lot more. 
what you're doing with hypnotherapy is you're dramatically changing the perception of the pain. Yes. So people think that pain is some thing by itself that just happens, but it's an interpretation of signals. What you're doing, you're, in, you're interfering with how those signals are processed, calming them down. And the, and the actual final sensation of pain drops down dramatically. It's not subtle. Mm -hmm. So medicine right now is treating just symptoms. We're not creating mm -hmm. safety. People's right. nervous systems stay fired up. And so in spine surgery, I get upset because we're doing spine surgery, which is risky, often devastating, mm -hmm. instead of just calming people down, right. which is no risk. So, I mean, it, I, I'm assuming in a lot of ways, hypnotherapy has some effect no matter what. A lot of, a lot of times it's a dramatic effect. Let's say it doesn't work. The downside of hypnotherapy compared to spine surgery is pretty minimal. <laughs> well, it's not invasive, isn't it? No. You know? and, and you don't have to have any special equipment to work with them. You just need someone who's uh, trained in, you know, guiding them through this and teaching them that they can be responsible for themselves. You are spot on. You, you broke the code to pain and that is, you know, calming the system. What does an opioid do? Right. It's, it's actually inflammatory. Yes. Opioids are actually an inflammatory drug, and that's why people get sensitized to opioids. It's not, it's not just a tolerance. The brain actually starts firing off inflammatory markers called cytokines, and opioids yeah. are actually inflammatory. Storms. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, um, I just want to jump to something I have a really curiosity about, because as you know, mm -hmm. it's my project. It's very self-directed. Mm -hmm. The essence of solving chronic pain is taking full responsibility for your own care, which 100%. includes how you regulate your nervous system. Right. And... I know your your commitment again. The thinkawaypain.net is a think course. It's think pain oh, away. Just think pain away, which is about there. to be. So that's your course. So you're right. training people to do this, but a lot of times patients don't have access to that type of material. Right. Um, do you have some? You mentioned the possibility of doing self hypnosis. Could you define? Is that? Am I asking the right question here? Oh, that that's a great question because all hypnosis is self hypnosis. Okay, I'm in listening. Fact, after 30 some years, I've never hypnotized a person in my life except for me. Okay. And I've hypnotized thousands of people, or they think I have. But okay. It's something that you do for yourself. Okay. To yourself. So, can you give me some hints how this might work? Oh, I, I possibly could do that. <laughs> okay. Well, for, first of all, uh, like a medication, you have to be sure to dose yourself, right? And you can't just do it one time and expect it all to be better. Right. It's it's a process and it's okay. a learning process. You're retraining your subconscious mind, the part that's doing all the thinking. You're retraining that aspect of your brain so that you have a better outcome. And it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's from cocaine abuse or opioid abuse to um to spousal abuse. I mean, there there is nothing that can't be touched with self-hypnosis. Um, okay. Here's, here's a tip, and I'll give it to you real quick. A very famous French, um, I think he was a pharmacist, Emile Coulet was his name. And he coined the, the miraculous phrase, the phenomenal phrase, every day and every way, I'm getting better and better. I'll say that again because it's pretty important. Every day and every way I'm getting better and better. Okay. 
what's phenomenal about the phrase is that doggone it, keep on saying it to yourself and you will continue to see improvement. You'll continue to see yourself getting better and better. Now you're not telling the subconscious hypnotized mind what is getting better. I'm getting better, but it doesn't identify what's improving. It just says every day and every way I'm getting better and better. Right. So um, if you wanted to just close your eyes and repeat that phrase as a mantra, that would be a baby step to self-hypnosis. Okay. Just every day and every way I'm getting better and better. And the dose is um, to do it routinely. Okay. Every day, in fact. Or if you just want to use it as part of a mantra when you're going for a walk and your eyes are wide open, you're still changing that subconscious perception and message, aren't you? But what do we do, David? We get up in the morning and say, oh, God, it's going to be a terrible day. My back hurts and I'm already crabby and I got this meeting to go to and I'm not ready for it. And all that negative self-talk right. just puts you into that um, highly agitated angst state. Right. So you're on the money when you talk about calm. Uh, hypnosis is not just relaxation because you can be relaxed and not be hypnotized. You right. can be in a highly, highly agitated state and be hypnotized. So it's not relaxation. It's often seen as an aspect of it. And yes, professionals use relaxation because that's what the client expects. I see. Okay, so I, I agree with that. I mean, what we have learned is that chronic pain is a programming issue. Yes. Remember, automatic program for all of us is survival, which is pain and anxiety, et cetera. And I look at a concert pianist playing the piano, which to me is just miraculous what he or she can do, but it's automatic. The fingers just are just moving in, in response to these notes. So it took a lot of repetition of these moves and made them automatic. Same thing what you're saying, it takes repetition of these thoughts to make those automatic. Right. Perfect practice makes perfect. Right. And it's repeating the right thought. Correct. Often we don't do that. Often we give ourselves the wrong thought. Right. What are some of the, where are some of the other tools that you uh, recommend as far as self hypnosis? Well, I think you know if you if you can seriously commit to this and find a time every day to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, I like doing it first thing in the morning to start my day off, and mm -hmm. uh, so they can set their alarm clock a couple minutes early and just go in and and give themselves after a nice solid sleep. Oh, it's just so easy to kind of fall back into a state of reverie. And, um, you know, go through the suggestions that they want to give to themselves. When I teach a self-hypnosis class, I will actually take them through uh, the 30-minute self-hypnotic experience so that they know what it feels like and they have a model to work with. But, you know, if you recall, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. It's something you do for yourself. Then um, we can train people to be their own doc, right? Not that hard. So is there... So you see a 30-minute process of self-hypnosis. Is, is there a series of steps with that or just repeating? There, there are steps, yes. And, and the first I can share with you today is, is um, after you set your intention and goal is the induction. Uh, you know, if you're nine months pregnant or you're going on nine and a half months pregnant, you'll want to induce that labor. And right. That's what an induction is. You're, you're inducing or bringing on that, that trans uh, state experience. And, and how do you do that? Uh, well, you can do it, first of all, by just disconnecting with the world. And we can do it right now, David, for one second. Just close sure. your eyes. Okay. Done. Now open them. Okay. Okay. 
Now, you followed both of my suggestions, right on cue. When you closed your eyes, you disconnected from the world that's around you, right? Yep. Just, just for a second, you disconnect and you close your eyes. And then I asked you to open them. That was just a suggestion. And you did immediately. So technically, you, the minute you close your eyes with the intention of going into hypnosis, are in a hypnotic state. I don't spend a lot of time, like, you know, many hypnotherapists will spend, you know, 15 or 20 of the 30 minutes uh, inducing the state or bringing it on. I can do it pretty quickly. And once they're conditioned to it, uh, you can just tell tell yourself to go back to that place where you were the last time you felt so good. And just like that, you're you're right there. So it, okay. it's, not like a, that. it's not a hard process, really. But don't tell people that because then, then they won't want to take any of my trainings. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're a training practitioner. I mean, do you have resources for patients and the lay people? Oh, yes. I mean, this, this as I said, this uh, these three levels of training are designed, uh, craftily designed, I might say, for um, the professional practitioner uh, down to the person who is suffering from ongoing unmitigated pain. It's so you have, these, you have these 15 hour digital training, thinkawaypain.net. So those are something both the clinicians and patients can both take advantage of. Is that correct? Yes, that's the beauty to it. Uh, if you want to do all three levels and get a certification, you can, and that gives you an exposure to uh, continuing free Zoom classes with me, personal private attention from me. Uh, I give you a CD to model after, and you can even sell and make some money off of it. A workbook goes with it, and 15 hours of this wonderful training that I've created. And I'd like to think that um, I'm, a, I'm a fun trainer. <laughs> uh, I think you probably are. Um, I am. <laughs> So okay, so I, I so okay, so you're. I had had the impression that this thinkpainaway.net was just for clinicians and trainers, but you're saying yeah. it's accessible to everybody. That that is true, and it was a real challenge. And uh, for people who are just so well versed in everything, you know, they may not learn anything. But uh, indeed, there is stuff on there um, that is nowhere available on the okay. internet. <laughs> okay, so we have the idea of. Can you repeat that one mantra again that you started out with, which yes, I like? Yes, Milky Way, every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. Okay. And it's they would, phenomenal. They would talk about, you know, just detaching from your current circumstances as, as another little tip. Mm -hmm. And so, um, okay, so now I, now I close my eyes and I opened them. So now I'm in a hypnotic state, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, 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 so first of all, actually, well, this partially to be a little bit facetious, but not really in that um, your voice is calming. I feel relaxed. Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking about my to-do list, believe it or not, Tom. Mm -hmm. I'm, just, I'm just here. So I actually am in a little bit of a hypnotic state right now, right? Right. That, that does happen. So, yeah. now, so now what are you going to do to me? Well, um, what I do during that... You really want to know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm being silly. I mean, what am I? What can I do for myself next right. to keep it going? Well, the best thing to do is go in there with an intention struck and things that you want to say to yourself. Okay. okay. And to do that, you have to find a problem. Let's say um, I'm I'm always in pain and no one likes to be around me. If that's the message that needs to be reframed, you could say, I'm feeling more comfortable and enjoying the company of others, okay? That may be a lame 
example, but you see how you take uh, the problem and you reframe it. And then once you've closed your eyes and uh, of course gone through and uh, a nice calming, quieting induction, it's good for uh, the parasympathetic nervous system to just quiet itself. And once you've gotten to that point, then you can start to give yourself these suggestions that you've written for yourself before you go into self-hypnosis. And it doesn't matter if you forget the words or, or leave out words or screw it up. It doesn't matter. The subconscious mind already knows what it is that you're desiring to create. So uh, just giving yourself these reframe suggestions and you can start out with an induction of every day and every way I'm getting better and better. You can start with a mantra of just thinking the word calm or uh, the sound of a God. Um, uh, you, you can do whatever you choose to do. There are many, many different protocols to the hypnotic experience. And I bet you want me to hypnotize you some more, but well, we, we wouldn't do that without uh a medical disclaimer and without a release form. <laughs> say, Tom, she doesn't trust me. I trust her. <laughs> she doesn't trust me. What's going on here? Well, so, you kind of got that right. You know, I've been, as you have been working with the public for a long, long, long time. <laughs> right. So, so let's, but let me ask you a question though. This, and I just want to talk to my audience here for a second, because this okay. is really critical. So, and I think you agree with me, feel free to, if you don't, but you know, I'm, what got me in, deep personal trouble was positive thinking, which is a way of suppressing negative thinking. Mm -hmm. So there's a big difference between positive thinking and positive substitution. So when you reframe things, in other words, the mind automatically goes to negativity and survival. I call it, your brain is actually what I call your personal brain scanner. It's always scanning for trouble. And so what you're doing to me, positive substitution is absolutely critical. It takes repetition. And that's why we start with, with this little exercise of writing down your negative thoughts and tearing them up because you've separated from them, but then you redirect. And so by going into the, that little bit of a hypnotic state, which you've done, you've done the separation, then you redirect. So redirection is critical and actually the essence of solving chronic pain because you're stimulating your brain to have neuroplastic changes that become permanent with repetition. Mm -hmm. So again, it's a big difference with reframing and substituting then compared to positive thinking, which is a way of saying, this isn't so bad. Well, guess what? It really was bad. And so a better statement might be, well, this is really bad. I really, this really sucks. And maybe reassure yourself that you'll get through it and then move on in a different direction. That's reframing. But if something's bad, it's bad. You don't have to pretend it's good. Right. But again, what you're pointing out with your statements, to me very clearly is what I call a positive vision. Am I, did I say that correctly from your perspective? I, I, I think you said it beautifully. I'll, I'll try to, you know, jump on that and say that when, when we give ourselves a reframe suggestion, we accept it as if, as if it were so. Well, actually, if you look at the neuroscience of consciousness, it is so. There's a book called How Emotions Are Made Out of New England by Lisa Feldman Barrett. And she points out that thoughts and concepts are as concrete in humans' brains as a chair or a table is. I, I, I believe she's 100% right. And everything comes from thought. I mean, at one time, you and I were a twinkle in our father's eye before we even came on this planet. Right. Everything starts with thought. Thoughts are real. And that's why once you learn to re-speak, reframe, uh, focus on what it is that you desire to create rather than what 
maybe is negative and going on, you can change the outcome. And, and that's why I'm so fired up to get more and more uh, professionals out there speaking to their patients and clients in a way that will assist them. It, do I have time for a quick story? Yeah, no, we have 10 minutes. We're good. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so I'm in the hospital and I'm getting ready to be discharged. This was a long time ago. And the nurse walks in and said, well, you have this, that, and the other thing, and you're going to be sick for the rest of your life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is not what I wanted to hear at the time. And I said out loud, cancel, clear. <laughs> Interesting. Um, you know, we, we can buy in to the uh, experts uh, opinion and uh, in this case, it just, it, it wasn't the right opinion. Another time I was working with um, uh, a cancer patient and the nurse came in and said, no, honey, if you don't eat, you're going to be very, very sick. And I thought, oh my gosh, the last thing she wants to do is eat. And what kind of a suggestion did she give her? And I quietly took her out into the hallway and explained what she had just said to the lady. And um, she came back a couple hours later and had totally reframed her whole attitude about food with this person. So it doesn't take a lot to no. change things. It does not take a lot, uh, a simple, you know, word just to get people thinking that thoughts do manifest. Thoughts are real. Well, Everything stems from a thought. Well, because they, what they do, they create chemical reactions. Yes. Right. Well, and, and, you know, in the amygdala where, you know, that emotional state that gets fired up, the whole brain gets fired up when you're right. in pain. It's not just... Right little centers it's the whole entire brain so uh, you know um the work of daniel amen uh, is fascinating mm -hmm. to me i had one of his clients and i wanted to prove the before and after that the brain did improve with hypnotherapy and unfortunately this guy was so schizophrenic i mean i just didn't have a real shot at it but um but the fact is that you can alter brain function through brain thought you buying that Oh, absolutely. I mean, we also know, we've also learned that the biggest block to chronic pain is anger <clears throat> because you don't think clearly because what happens when you're angry, you're throwing off inflammatory cytokines in the brain from the glial cells. Those are little proteins that stimulate the brain. So your, your brain itself is actually inflamed. Plus you shunt the blood flow from right. the thinking centers to the more right. primitive centers. So you're not thinking clearly. So we, what we find out, and that's where your category of treatment comes in by breathing, relaxation, reframing, et cetera. Once you calm down that inflammatory response, you can start to think again, but right. your thinking centers go offline. Yes, you really can't think. And so you got to get back online again before you can start learning the tools to actually heal your brain. And so your approaches both help calm things down and going forward long-term, they actually help create the new circuits that allow long-term yes. healing. And so, it's a it's a three for one. <laughs> right. So as a surgeon, what's fascinating to me now is that I do I do know, know I do now understand that many of what I use the word somatic tools or calming tools um, are incredibly effective. But when I was a full fledged surgeon, I just thought this was crazy. I just blew it off. And the work that you are doing and the category of work that you are doing are is actually quite a bit more accurate and effective than what we're doing in medicine. We're not listening to our patients. We're not creating safety. We're not establishing a therapeutic relationship. And I still think um, that what, well, first of all, if I was your patient, I'm already relaxed. You're a nice person. So I feel safe. Mm -hmm. So I still feel like that if you don't feel safe with your provider, whatever field that he or she is in, 
that the rest of it, the rest of it doesn't work nearly as well. Yeah, fear is the one thing that keeps people stuck in their tracks. Right, and so that's a problem in medicine right now. We're so limited in talking to our patients; it's horrible. Yes. And so, but I also want to mention one of the one other thing is that one of the things that doctors tell our patients all the time, particularly in spine surgery, is that you have degenerative disc disease. Say that well, again. You have degenerative disc disease. Ah, uh, so yes, is there and such it's, a thing? It's normal. I mean, mm -hmm. as you get older, your disc degenerate. There's no connection ever in a research paper. This is a degenerated disc causes chronic pain. Mm -hmm. Yet people come into my office all the time terrified that they have degenerative disc mm -hmm. disease. They have a disease. Sure. And so, for instance, reframing that is really critical. Just when people walk out of my office, reassured that they'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, I had one gentleman back in New York, middle-aged guy, wealthy as can imagine, as successful as you can ever imagine. And he was told by his surgeon he had eight degenerated disc, his spine was like he's 80 years old. Three weeks later, he's completely pain-free. Hmm. Just by understanding that he's not going to fall apart. He had been in seven right. years of severe thoracic pain, mm -hmm. and he's been pain-free now for over a year. And, see, it, and he saw every doctor you can imagine, injections, right. medications, or whatever they even offered to do an eight-level spine fusion on him. No pain. But, because but guess were, what? The discs aren't the cause of the pain. Right, right. And you were the obvious expert. You were the go-to. Uh, there was trust and confidence in you. And that little, little word, you know, FaceTime. Think of it. A dentist has FaceTime with their, with their patients. So do physical therapists. This would be a great adjunct to physical therapy to reframe right. while, while they're working out. And they're in that altered state <laughs> anyway. Um, right. You know, there, there are so many applications in the uh, professional world, the medical world, to have more face time. And you're right, we we lack that. We lack that time uh, with the client. And if you can just, I say, if you have 15 to 20 minutes, you can do a quick bedside induction in the hospital. You can do a quick chair induction in a physician's office. It can be done very quickly. And the impact from that is immeasurable. No, it is immeasurable. So well, Lois, thank you very, very much. I didn't want to emphasize, and I unfortunately missed this in the first podcast. So she has some digital training, both for clinicians and patients, called thinkpainaway.net. And it's a series of teachings that allow you to do basically self-hypnosis, right? Yeah, or to work with other people who, who experience discomfort. Can I, can I hypnotize my wife? Yes. <laughs> Don't tell her I said that. Okay. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure meeting you. And um, I'm excited about some of the things that I, that I learned today. So thank you. Good, good. Well, I'd love to impart information that hasn't been imparted before. <laughs> thank you. My pleasure. I'd like to thank our guest, Lois Prince, for being on the show today and explaining how she uses hypnotherapy to help chronic pain patients heal. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.